everybody. Welcome back to Q-Tips. We are the Video Store Junkies, and we are back once again to bring you a few selections to watch over the weekend on streaming. And I will throw this over to Bill. Hey, how you doing? Well, I, um, I've i been doing, uh, for a different podcast that, I, that I'm on, uh, we were doing just Japanese cinema. And, yeah, I mean, and I could have done some Godzilla stuff, but they specifically said, don't do any Godzilla stuff. That's, <laughs> I started looking for some things that I hadn't really seen before. There's a lot of cool Japanese horror from the 60s that, you know, because it's in black and white and everything, just kind of slipped through the cracks. Not all of them really got a decent dubbing or anything. And in those days, if it didn't get dubbed, it didn't get released here. Mm. And there's a few I hadn't heard of, so I started looking for Ghost Cat ones because i always thought that was cool those cats and i found a really good film a, a, no no sarcasm no snark genuinely cool film called kuro neko i may be mispronouncing it kuro neko and this is a an absolutely gorgeous black and white ghost kind of cat story um and it's it's very depressing a lot. One thing I discovered, uh, you know, you think of the, the Japanese re- would have a reverence for the samurai and everything. A lot of these movies, the samurai are bastards, absolutely one irredeemable. So it's interesting that you know, that, and this is back in the '60s. They were really you think of them as sort of a traditional culture, but they don't know they're willing to see the warts in some of these traditions. So back in long time ago, period, a woman and her daughter raped by renegade samurai and murdered by these these awful samurai there's a civil war going on as there always is and these guys show up and yeah and then their um their cat comes along and like licks up their blood and then afterwards and this is like in the first half hour of the movie which is the best part these samurai are showing up with their throats cut and what not just the samurai who did this any samurai these women have basically sold their souls to for vengeance and they come back as these cat demons who seduce these samurai to come home and then once they're there they just leap on them and rip out their throats in glorious chocolate blood and um a the governor looks for you know a great warrior to come and and destroy these demons because it's getting embarrassing all these samurai showing up dead and he finds this guy turns out he's the husband and son of the murdered women and he's now got to destroy these, you know, the demons that they've become. It's really cool. It's really good. Um, it's the, the the director is sort of known for his um, uh, social realism films. Although he did this one, and he also did Onibara, which is another oh. great. Yeah, 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 right. That's a, that's a great one. I'd, I'd heard of this one, and I think because that one's so popular, this one kind of gets lost in the. You know, when they're talking about classic Japanese ghost stories, they'll put that one in. They figure, ah, we got to share the wealth. We're not going to mention this other one that he did. But I think this one, in a lot of ways, is is just as good. It just doesn't have that wonderful imagery. But it is very visual. It's not Mm -hmm. at all realistic. You know, the lighting, the super sharp black and white photography, the the wire work, everything about this, it's it's almost, it's got a fairy tale-like quality to it. And it's just really good. This is 1968. So the violence, while graphic, is certainly not what I would call gory. Um, but there is blood. And and bad things happen. It, it's just a really cool ghost story. Now, where can you find this? So, something classy like this. 
It's going to be on the Criterion Channel and Canopy. So that's Kuroneko from 1968. Highly recommended. And I throw this over to Paul. Why, thank you, Bill. That, that sounds cool. I'll definitely have to check that one out. Well, my theme this week is, believe it or not, family films or films that are, are you know, which is, boy, that's a really, that's, that's reaching because I really didn't have a theme. So um, <laughs> <laughs> since, since it is a Christmas season and I'm a sucker for a Christmas carol, and I think last year I recommended some of my favorites. Well, this one is, this is my, my favorite uh, live action non-musical version. It's uh, from 1951. It usually goes by, it can be go by Christmas Carol or Scrooge, but basically you're looking for the year, 1951, starring Alistair, Alistair Sim as Scrooge, and it's playing on Plex. And it is, it, it's, it's my personal favorite. Everyone has their kind of favorite Christmas carols, but this is the one I, I really enjoy the most. I don't know, I just kind of like Alistair Sim's portrayal of Scrooge, um, and just the, the his turn at the end to his just pure joy and happiness is is great. Um, it, it's it, it's my favorite. And what's kind of neat as a sort of a bonus in uh, nineteen seventy one, uh, Alistair Sim lent his, lent his voice to a. It's a short. It's only twenty eight minutes. It's by uh, Richard Williams. It's an animated version that won best you know best animated short I guess Oscar. Um, and it's Christmas Carol, and you can find that one on YouTube. Oh, oh, Scrooge. So where can you find 1951 Scrooge? You can find that on Plex. Um, and that's about it, only on Plex, or probably you probably find it on YouTube as well, but Plex is where you can find it, and it's a it's a good black and white version because occasionally they, they colorize it. Uh, don't watch that one. Watch, mm -hmm. the, watch the black and white version. But also the, the 1971 28-minute short with Alistair Sim is, is great. And what's kind of neat about that one is it's it's since it's only 28 minutes they gotta you know kind of breeze through it pretty quickly but they include like some bits that are generally left out of most adaptations so for instance when the um the ghost of christmas present is showing him around he takes him to the coal miners and he takes him out to the the um the uh the lighthouse keeper and things like this and it's it's just absolutely gorgeous the way it's animated mm. And it also has a kind of, to me, it always had like a slightly creepy vibe, which really is, I, I like some creepiness in my Christmas Carol. So sure. anyway, so we've got, we've got Scrooge from 1951, uh, starring Alistair Sim on Plex. And as a bonus, a Christmas Carol from 1971, uh, 28 minutes by Richard Williams on YouTube, um, starring Alistair Sim. And, and what, speaking and what the of heck, somebody, watch, what, why don't you watch the what, one with Mr. Magoo while you're at it? Well, I recommend <laughs> that one last year. So, ah, okay. <laughs> but yes, definitely, Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol is is a is is you gotta have. Even though they do they do the ghosts out of order on that one, which always mm. confused me. Mm. They do the the ghost of Christmas present first, then the ghost of Christmas uh, past. I don't know, made no sense mm. to me. But anyway, speaking of somebody who would never be visited by ghosts, three ghosts during over Christmas before, <laughs> I guess if you if you include you know Marley. But anyway, if who wouldn't be visited by ghosts over <laughs> Christmas? I'll pass this with to Renee. <laughs> well, thank you so much. My first recommendation is a fun little anthology film. And it's actually, it's four little stories and they all take place on Christmas Eve. And they are all being told by a delightful radio host that is played by the one and only William Shatner. Oh. I really love when William Shatner is, is kind of just being himself 
he just kind of he just kind of fits this little role of being a radio host. <laughs> he just it's just fun. I enjoy it. But the stories are pretty good. The there's one about a family that goes to look for a Christmas tree and they bring home something a little bit more than they bargained for. There is a uh yeah, there's a group of students that are doing a documentary and things kind of get a little bit out of control. There is a story about zombie elves. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah, I really like zombie elves. It's a fun little movie. I like it and I recommend it. And it's called A Christmas Horror Story. And you can watch it on Tubi and Shudder and AMC+. Plus. Uh, it has William Shatner and George Buza as Santa who he just does a really great job as Santa. He just, he looks Santa. He acts Santa. It's great. I like it. So yeah, once again, this movie is called A Christmas Horror Story, and you can watch it on Tubi, Shudder, and AMC+. And I will throw this back to you, Bill. Well, thank you. So this next one is is a film that I first uh, got to know, oh man, uh, it must have been the late 80s or so, when there were some folks bringing... Japanese animation over to America, we would get the tapes, the videotapes, no dubbing, no subtitles, and often mm. no clue what was going on. And I saw this one and just fell in love with it, but I was pretty confused. And and now years later, you can, you can get it with, you know, either subtitles or complete 100% accurate English dubbing, and you will still be confused. It's Project <laughs> Aiko. And this is oh, just yeah. fun. Yeah, Project Aiko is just one of those things. So this is, I think, 86 or so. Um, it's action, comedy, science fiction, cheesecake. Um, it's a parody of a lot of other anime and manga. And if you don't know that, you probably don't get the joke. And there's a lot of that. So, uh, it, but but it stands on its own. But to describe this... It, it's ridiculous. It's there's Aiko, Biko, and Seiko. I'm sure that's yeah. a joke somehow. Aiko is this uh, girl who wears the the Japanese schoolgirl sailor outfit. So if you're into that, you're gonna love this. She's a redhead, and she has superpowers. She seems to regard as just one of those things. Just you know, yeah. Who doesn't have superpowers? It does. She doesn't talk about. It, she doesn't think about it. And uh, no one seems really um, amazed that she has these powers. She runs as fast as the Flash. That's the big joke. Is every morning she wakes up late and uh, has to immediately tear down the street. And she's running like the road runner. Like as she runs, the streets bend and catch on fire and the telephone poles, you know, fall down and she goes through walls and, and everything. And she grabs her friend Seiko. Now Seiko is this cute little rambunctious. She's one of the most horrifying characters in anime. I, everyone hates Seiko. Nobody likes Seiko. She, she has like the, the personality of a four-year-old. But I guess she's a high schooler, whatever. And yet the whole premise of this movie is that she is Aiko's best friend and she is the object of desire from Biko, who is the popular rich girl at school who mm. wants Seiko to be her friend. Now, I don't know how deep that desire for friendship goes. This, and Paul will know what I'm talking about because of course he will. This was originally <laughs> supposed to be an episode of Creamy Lemon. Which was no, actually, I don't know what you're talking about. So. Yes, you do. Uh, no, sure I don't. 
Uh, well, well, creamy lemon was these pornographic. Although I guess <laughs> you know, there's only so much they can show. Thanks. Um, yeah, these pornographic anime things that had you know no rhyme or reason or connecting thing. I don't know why they were called creamy lemon. I don't know. <laughs> I just know. I just know that when I asked, "Hey, can I check some of these things out?" They gave me Project Echo, Space Cobra, a bunch of really good ones, and a creamy lemon. So thanks, guys. You know, that, and no warning, like maybe this is the one you shouldn't show when, when there's, you know, children or anyone else in the house. Uh, but I guess they decide while they were making this, this was too good to waste on just smut. So they, they cleaned it up relatively. Um, anyway, Biko decides she's got to, you know, like she's got to get rid of Aiko. And so she, uh, she gets her gang of, you know, satellite girls to um, dress up in mecha outfits and try to take on Aiko. But Aiko has superpowers. She beats them up all the mm. time, just one thing after another. And that's basically how it goes. Oh, there's also an invasion of aliens that look like Mick Jagger, but turn out to be women. Listen, this, this <laughs> thing is nuts. Absolutely nuts. Absolutely insano crazy. Uh, the director is, um, and, and I am making none of this up, but apparently he is well-known as as being known for panty fan service which again paul yeah well see paul knows what it means yeah and um yeah there's 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 only one scene where uh they're in this giant spaceship and they fall down this chute and end up in i guess the laundry room and it's nothing but panties <laughs> and and you're just like well this was a strange interlude i know i'm not making this sound as good as it is but it's really good it's one of my favorite superhero um movies ever it's really great and at the end and i'm not going to give it away at the end there's even an explanation for why aiko has her superpowers there's no explanation for why anyone wants to be seiko's friend that's that's a mystery for the ages now uh this is japanese so of course they made sequels and this is japanese so of course the sequels in no way shape or form for the most part uh are in any kind of continuity i think Project Echo 2 is a direct sequel. It's just not as good. It's definitely cheaper. And then they made other Echo ones where like Echo and Biko are friends and they're fighting <laughs> monsters and there is no Seiko, which is good. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, just just give up. There's continuity. Pshaw. Pshaw and continuity. Uh, mm. You can find this on Roku, Tubi, Buster, Pluto, Freevee. I don't know what some of these things even are. But uh, yeah, so it's 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 there. Super colorful, super fun. Um, yeah, yeah. There you go, Project Echo. What what? This really kind of got me into anime. They don't make them like that anymore. Mm. There's so many from that time period. I would love to be able to see again, but they're just never streaming. I'm looking at you, Vampire Hunter D and Egg of an Angel. Mm. Uh, there's really yeah, really cool stuff, but hard to find. I you know I don't know if um, the, apparently the the um, print of this was considered missing for a long time. And then they recently found mm-hmm. it. So they were able to make a good Blu-ray. And yeah. I, I wonder, I wonder how many of these things just nobody thought to save anything other than the, you know, if, if the ones that came out during the video era, that might be the best we have. Someone's mm. decaying VHS tape somewhere. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. It's kind of terrifying. But anyway, let me send this to Paul. Why? Thank you, Bill. 
Well, I'm completely changing what my next connect, <laughs> next selection is because of George Buzo Buzzo, whatever however pronounce the name. I'm recommending Maniac Mansion because you can find it on YouTube. So uh-huh. Maniac Mansion was originally a uh, video game from uh, LucasArts, and it was this goofy game where you're going into like this 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 well, mansion, and you're you've got to like choose your. It's like a choose, you know, you you pick different actions it's a little it's a little um adventure game and uh they spun it off into a tv show created by uh john hemphill paul flaherty the brother i believe of joe flaherty and eugene levy and it starred and it, it, the funniest thing is it it was on like the family channel um <laughs> and they basically said okay sure so we have the the premise is uh yeah this this meteor is underneath the edison mansion and dr fred edison played by joe flaherty um makes these wacky inventions and one of them apparently his uh, uh it, it's like it's all told sort of in the you know in like the the um the credits uh his brother-in-law harry accidentally steps into the machine and gets his head put on a fly so one of the main characters is harry the fly played by uh, John Hempel, one of the creators. Um, he's married to uh, Ide- Adela Muckle Orca, played by Mary Charlotte Wilcox, who, um, just, Bill, you might appreciate this. One of her earlier yeah. roles was in The Beast of Yellow Night, which was oh. Eddie Romero's follow-up to uh, um, yeah. Beast of Blood. And yeah. uh, now she's a minister in real life. Oh. Um, and, uh, yeah, and you had uh, Deborah Theaker played uh, the wife Casey Edison, and the kids were Kathleen Robinson as Tina, Avi Phillips as Ike. So you have Avi Phillips as Ike, Kathleen Turner as Tina, and and uh, not Kathleen Rob Kathleen Robinson as Tina, and George Buza as Turner. The kids were Ike and <laughs> Tina, and but Turner was a three year old who accidentally wandered into the thing and was aged up to be like a gigantic, you know, thirty five year old man, um, but with the brain of a, like a four year old. Uh, it is this very goofy, very funny show. Um, the first episode is rather confusing because it's the 10th anniversary show where they, they talk about the show being 10th anniversary and uh, really fun. It's three seasons. Um, you can actually find there's a, a YouTube channel called Mansion Tube that has uh, each season is a playlist and somehow they're divided into 44 videos each. I don't know. It's so... It is really fun. It is really weird. And you're like, how did this, like, this just does not seem like, it seems too weird to be something they would have shown on, on the family channel, which was like a, a, you know, a religious network, but it works. It's great. Highly recommend it. Super fun. Maniac Mansion. Check it out. And speaking of, 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 uh, uh, relatives who are, are not muted, mutated into a, fly with a human head. I'll pass this to Renee. Well, thank you so much. Well, today is Monday, and you know what Mondays are. It's mm. Garbage Day! Oh! <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's right. My recommendation is Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. I know that most of you watch all of my recommendations, but I know that there's a chance that some of you did not watch Silent Night, Deadly Night. Well, it is your lucky day because Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 will give you an entire recap of the first movie. 
and a, and a lovely little consolidated, I don't know, it, maybe it was five minutes, maybe it was half an hour. I don't know. It kind of just kept going. So you can just jump right into the second one. And this is about little Ricky Caldwell. It is Billy's little baby brother from the first movie. And poor Ricky, he has just got trauma on top of trauma. Not only were his parents killed by Santa, but his brother became a serial killer and and turned into a Santa serial killer. So he's just going through all sorts of stuff. He is living in a mental institution. And this movie is his retelling of his story to a psychiatrist. And there's lots of flashbacks and lots of eyebrows and fake face acting. <laughs> it just, <laughs> oh, it's beautifully subtle and just just a delight. There's just really nothing like it. Uh, this, <laughs> this movie is Silent Night, Deadly Night, part two. And you can watch it in so many places. You can watch it on Shudder and Tubi, uh, Pluto and Shout TV and Roku, etc., etc. So I think think that's all we have does anybody want to sing us out or, or speak us out i mean there's, there's a couple choices here and I, mean, I hate to repeat the one from last week but you know well you know the the other one is um it's it's a movie we didn't recommend because you have to actually pay for it is uh uh there's something in the barn which is it's norwegian but it's in english and and the the theme at the end is by Norway. It's a Norwegian uh, Norwegian pop du- duo Sub Wolfer, and they have guest stars the uh, '90s Norwegian boy band A1, and the song is "I Think I Killed Rudolph." So there is that. There's snow on the road and it's acid cold I can't wait to see your face as soon as I get home Got the car fully packed, filled with presents in fact Got a tree on the roof driving, get it like a ten-year-old I've been working so hard, giving Santa hell At the town's local mall as a f***ing elf But it's Christmas tonight So I just close my eyes And imagine the turkey cooking And the way it's gonna smell But then bang 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 Bang, bang I hear something old Oh dear, oh dear What's in my rearview mirror A moose on deer Oh, I think I could root off this weekend of December 22nd, Bill recommended Kuro Nico, available on Criterion Channel and Canopy, and Project Echo, available on Tubi, Pluto, and Roku. Paul recommended Scrooge, from 1951, starring Alistair Sim, available on Plex, and Maniac Mansion, available on YouTube. I 
recommended a Christmas horror story. Available on Tubi, Shudder, and AMC+. And Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Available on Shudder, Tubi, Pluto, and Roku. So Fortress Boy, Fortress Boy, <laughs> who, who came from the planet Fwang. So the planet Fwang, as you know, gets hit by meteors all the time. So Fwangian boys at puberty gain the ability to turn into metallic fortresses to protect others. So Fortress Boy thought, well, you know, boy, howdy, this is a pretty good power. I think I can go join the Legion of Superheroes. And he, he gets there where, uh, like, you know, people are... Going. Like the guy ahead of him was Arm Fall Off Boy, whose power is that he can pull his arms off his body and then put them back on. And I don't know. I, I And they're like, okay, so to be in the Legion, you had to have a superpower, and your superpower couldn't be artificial. So Insect Lass could never get in because she has a ring that turns her into giant stink bugs and stuff. So that was Lana Lang, of course. Um, of course, as you know. Um, mm. also you could not duplicate anyone else's power. So even if you had like the power of, you know, like Superboy, you know, you, mm. the, you'd be the most either number one or number two, most powerful being on planet earth. You couldn't get into the Legion of superheroes because they already had Superboy. Oh. They also, they also had Supergirl, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, yeah, they're, they're definite loophole yeah. there, but you know, they weren't going to say, first of all, you don't say no to a Kryptonian cause they could really F you up. But, uh, uh any, so, so Fortress boy shows up there for this thing. You think he's pretty much got it in the bag when your competition is arm fall off lad, but, <laughs> uh, they rejected him because they didn't think his power would be very useful. Uh. And, um, but instead of just like going back home with his head hanging, he hung around and it just so happens that um, <laughs> mnemonic kid attacked them. What? And his power, <laughs> yes, he could steal your memories. So they <laughs> didn't even remember that they had powers. They're just walking around wondering why they're wearing these dopey costumes. And ah. um, he, he attacks them with a ray gun, but Fortress Boy turns into a fortress to protect them. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, so she uses her powers on Fortress Boy to make him forget to protect the Legion. And, uh, but, but he just kept right on doing it by his sheer force of will. And Aww. the Legionnaires regained their, their ability to, you know, remember that they had powers and they beat Mnemonic Kid. But uh, Fortress Lad's memory was completely wiped out and he forgot that he was ever a boy and was now just a fortress. And, and the Legion also, Legion also totally forgot this whole horrible, horrible issue and just wondered, hey, Where'd this upside down rocket ship ca- come from? And, uh, but you know, they didn't know, but Hey, they needed a, they needed a place to have their new clubhouse. And, um, mm. 
they went in there and you know just sort of wondered why it smelled of armpit hair and i don't yeah 